Hello. Hello! And welcome to another episode of Where's My Freaking Dressing Room, a podcast discussing the world of opera and what things are really like backstage. I'm Alex. And I'm Helen. And today we want to talk about standing up for ourselves. Yes! So... <laughs> oh boy, okay? Yeah. A lot of what we've spoken about on the podcast is about taking control, taking back some... Uh, what am I trying to say? Uh, putting yourself in the driver's position of the career that we are in. You know, mm. so much of this career is out of our control and we feel like we're thrown from one thing to the next and we don't really have any autonomy over what we're doing. So these little stories that we're going to give, Helen will give two examples and I'll give two examples, are ways in which we have felt that we have taken back a little bit of control mm -hmm. by standing up for ourselves. Yeah, you know, Brexit, take back control, get it done. Build get back Bre better. Yeah, get Brexit done, <laughs> build back better, take back control. Wow, didn't realise we were going that. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I think, uh, as Alex says, we wanted to offer some stories in which we've attempted to kind of stick up for ourselves and for our morals. And I think we want this episode to be like a reminder or, you know, just a discussion of how you can stand up for yourself and, and it's not uh, impossible in this industry to, to voice your concerns and your opinions. And, you don't you know, these things don't just happen and then you lose everything. Uh, it's it's possible. And we'll get onto this properly. But, you know, the, the culture of fear that kind of pervades in our industry, I think, makes people feel like they can't say what is necessary for them. Mm -hmm. they, they, they can't set their own boundaries. They can't stick up for themselves. But we just want to offer you some stories in which we felt that we can, we have, and therefore you should. Breakdown of the week. Okay, so it's time for our first ever Breakdown of the Week segment. We're pretty excited <laughs> to be introducing this ridiculous addition uh, to the pod. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go first. Um, go for so it. Yeah, okay. The breakdown I wanted to share with all of you beautiful listeners. I had uh, what I felt was probably my least successful audition in, in quite some months, maybe years recently. Um, it was in quite a large theatre and I really kind of felt like up until the point that I walked onto the stage that I'd kind of nailed my preparation I was like okay I'm in fresh voice I look good lol um <laughs> you know Sorry. I'm I'm, I'm <laughs> really like technically ready blah 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 and I was like this is it Helen you know you're, you're just gonna you're gonna smash this <laughs> and honestly I just walked onto the stage and I absolutely shat myself and I, I've, but I think just because I've never had that experience before, and as a person, I'm not very good at first time experiences. So I literally was just like, oh my God, it's massive. Oh my God, I can't see the panel. I have no idea how, like, where, where am I supposed to put my voice here? Like, how far, what am I aiming for? Where, where does it go? And obviously, I, you know, I had no idea how it was going to sound. So, in the end, I just really, you know, my like, my legs are shaking and I was trying to breathe, but I just felt it was very like, oh God. And um, <laughs> yeah, as an overall experience, uh, yeah, really, really hated it. So, uh, you know, afterwards felt pretty terrible. But um, what I would say, because the whole point of this segment is how do we deal with our breakdowns and turn yes, around, indeed. is that um, I had an audition kind of two, three days later, something completely different. And I you know, on the day of the crap audition, just went down with it, you know, had a glass of wine afterwards just to be like, well, that was utterly crap. Uh, this is life. And then the following day, I was kind of like, okay, we're moving on. We're moving forward as an audition in two days time. 
are you prepared or how better can you be prepared? Mm-hmm, and what are the mm-hmm. things that, are, that, you know, what are the things that you can learn actually from yesterday's experience, terrible experience, that can fuel the following experience? And um, yeah, you know, it, it was it was an audition for something completely different and it was an audition that I didn't get, thanks. But it was a very positive experience. Like I really enjoyed singing my pieces. I felt like they, even if I didn't get the role, they enjoyed what I offered and I came out and I was like you know no matter what the outcome of that audition is you absolutely did your best and and that is all you can do in that situation hey that's great yeah (laughs) that's quite a turnaround no I'm shocked by that yeah it felt like a shocking somersault Uh, I don't believe you but you know yeah cute (laughs) um but no I I I'm I am proud of how I handled that and Mm -hmm. although the crap audition is still sitting with me in terms of like that really didn't go as planned. Yeah. Um, I'm at least like, well, we've moved past it. We've moved forward. And, and you know, that's all we can do. Okay, now you. Yeah. Cute. Well, me. Gosh. Well. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> sorry. So, Cut listeners, that. I'm a bit ill. <laughs> can um, you tell? Yeah, can you tell? So, uh, yeah, I had a, a concert last night, in fact. And uh, I've been looking forward to this concert for some time. I have to say, but I have been, I've had this sort of like cough, the Venetian wheeze, as I call it, because I caught it in Venice. <laughs> Cute, I like it. Um, I've had it for like two and a half weeks now. Yeah. And I just can't shake it. Yeah. Um, and it was just, I was really, I was really busy as well last week. Um, and the more I sort of had time, to think about like gosh I still have all this music to learn and like get it in my body you know I was supposed to have this two and a half weeks to learn it all like I knew it anyway but you know really get it physicalized yeah 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 totally um so I didn't have that time and and the more I thought about it the more panicky I got so I just like filled my time with other stuff instead so didn't give myself a chance to recover at all got tired at well done me uh (laughs) Tired, even nice. Yeah, tired. <laughs> yeah, good word. Um, and yeah, sort of drove myself into the ground rather. So that was a bit silly of me, wasn't it? Um, but then, so the concert uh, was in Venice. So I had to come here. And coming here, well, I don't know that many people here. <laughs> Sad. Uh, <laughs> and I'm alone here. So I literally had Thursday and Friday and Saturday during uh, the day to be silent and do nothing which is kind of what I did uh and we had the rehearsal on Thursday morning uh and it was the first time I was meeting the musicians um and they were like um it would be great to you know hear you and you know work out balance I was like nope can't do that (laughs) gotta preserve what little I've got uh and then on on Saturday uh in the rehearsal the pre-concert rehearsal the sort of dress run i sang for a total of five minutes and then i was like nope i'm done uh i was so disciplined just because that's all i could do i was so scared of losing the tiny amount that i had anyway got through the concert it was fine whatever it wasn't the best but it also wasn't the worst Mm -hmm. and i'm pleased that i set myself i was like no 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 i have these days i'm just going to do nothing yeah. I'm just going to be silent. Steam so many times it hurts. Um, and yeah, just be very rigorous. Yeah. With, yeah. Um, you know, I had a tiny voice and I used that tiny amount that I had. Afterwards, I was so hoarse. 
Uh, couldn't believe it. Could barely speak. But it's all fine because I got through the content. Yeah. And look at you now. Just, <laughs> I know. You know, so well. Loquacious, chitty chatty Kathy. We love to see Exactly. It. Back to normal. Breakdown of the week. Okay, so story number one, me. Uh, <laughs> so I was doing a contract pre-pandemic. Imagine. Back in the day, I know. Can you imagine? I really can't. <laughs> 1949. <And laughs> it, was, it was fine. Uh, it was a good contract in the sense that it was the right thing to do for my CV and everything. I, I did enjoy it. Uh, it wasn't life-changing in any way, but it was a good stepping stone. Fine. Pandemic happened. Uh, and then uh, the company got back in touch uh, when things were opening up again and said, hi, uh, let's let's work again together. Yeah. That'd be really nice. We really enjoyed working with you. I was flattered, of course. I was like, yes, I'd like to work with you as well. Um, and they turned around and said, well, you know, obviously we've all been so badly hit by the pandemic, so we'll only offer, we'll only be able to offer you half the fee. Yeah. And... I thought about it for a while and then I was like, no, don't want to do that. As in, it was great to do before the pandemic, despite the small fee. Fine. It was the right thing to do. I'm very pleased I did it. It was a really good experience. However, I'm not prepared to work for half of that fee. Yeah. yeah. Uh, And I'm sorry, but I have sort of, I've readjusted and rebalanced things during COVID. Yep. Uh, and I don't actually need this now. Yeah. Uh, so sorry, I'm turning this down. Boy, oh boy, were they cross. I was going to say, did you attempt to negotiate at all? Or did you kind of say, well, I mean, this fee just isn't going to be workable given the hours for the contract? That's exactly what I said. Uh-huh. Yeah, I was like, I just, I can't make it work. You know, I'm doing quite a lot of other things now because of the pandemic, yeah, yeah, yeah. which I'm not really willing to totally give up yet yeah, yeah. Uh, for this. Is there any wiggle room? Yes. And they were like, no. But oh. you're still coming on. I was like, no, no, you really misunderstand me. Like, the answer is no now. Yes, like, yes. really hard no. Yeah. Yeah, but it was it was a very difficult conversation to have, actually. Really uncomfortable. Yeah. Obviously, we haven't had any contact since. Yeah. How did you feel when you were kind of sending that email saying, like, no? Like, did it take you a lot of time to come to that decision? Or were you fairly kind of like, I, you know... I think what's crazy is for us, actually, on the pandemic, we talked a lot about oh fees gosh. and money and value and worth and what it is that we do and how for a lot of us, it was really difficult and somewhat frustrating to be in this pandemic because you realise, you know, com- compared to some industries, some career lines, which obviously have a wealth of savings behind mm-hmm. them, th- th- there's a cushion there that, that they can fall back on. But obviously, it's like, you know, we very much were living month to month on the money you made in this creative career. And so then it's like, right, okay, we're in this place where we have no work. Okay, we're we're getting a grant from Rishi Sunak, but that's probably just about covering our bases. And so we were all saying, okay, you know, when I get back into this industry, I need to make sure that I'm working for for what I deserve. Yes, And we were talking about the sheer volume of experience we've all got now in this Mm -hmm. industry. Now, of course, we understand that everywhere is being hit hard we're not uh alien to that but but in equal standing it's like a lot of these major companies have real reservoirs of wealth and so it's like if they wanted to to support their artists the creatives the people that make the shows that they're able to then promote in the future you know pay your artists properly surely well exactly and well my gut reaction yeah. when they told me was like no don't want to do it uh, but then when you got the ask the when when they asked me to uh, yeah. do it for a recipe i was like no absolutely not and then i felt 
bad about that gut reaction mm. and felt guilty and I had to work myself up to be mm -hmm. like I'm telling them no mm -hmm, because mm -hmm. it seemed like really like the wrong thing to do it's like yeah. but I'm being offered work after the pandemic it's like, yeah. but but no I don't I don't really need this now yeah and it's it's kind of a joke yeah and, yeah and you know uh, so many of us as as you just said Helen spoke about like we need to value ourselves and then I feel like so many people went back on what they said quite yeah, publicly yeah, about yeah. Oh, I now value myself I'm not going to do that and then like two weeks later they're, they're doing the very thing that they said they weren't going to do yeah it is funny isn't it because I feel like post-pandemic particularly in the last kind of four or five months or whatever I feel like people have been running themselves ragged because they're just so desperate to take anything yeah. that they possibly see yeah. and it's confusing in the sense because we all talked about like the fact that we needed to have a bit more clarity, a bit more headspace, you know, a, a more of an ability to kind of choose what it is that we do, line things up properly. And yeah, I feel, you know, having come back recently and seen people, the chaos is... Headless. Wor yeah, yeah, it's worse than ever, mm -hmm. actually. Mm -hmm. It's it's even more, it feels a bit senseless. And I just think, I understand, I understand a lot of it, but there is also... A, a, a bit of a shame in in some of that behavior also because they they were like oh that'll be really awkward actually because the majority of the cast from before have said yeah to yeah. doing it yeah. and you're the only one who's saying no and i was like what are you doing blackmailing yeah well yeah. exactly am i supposed to feel guilty now? yeah like, yeah i'm still i'm still saying no and the more the, the more we spoke about it the more I was like, yeah, no, it's the right decision. Yeah, well yeah, yeah, yeah. And like once you'd kind of had a little bit of time to kind of think it through, like now, say looking back on it, you were absolutely like, you oh know, it gave you some strength in terms of being like, I know my worth here. I know my value here. Exactly. Yeah. And also it was the right thing to do before the pandemic. Yes, absolutely. And I'm, I'm, I am really grateful for that gift for sure. that I had. But I didn't actually need that afterwards it's yeah. like no i'm i'm actually looking to try this sort of role with this sort of company yep. and i don't i don't want this or that yeah. that you're offering and you know it's given me the time to work on the things that i decided to work on instead which yeah. has been great yeah yeah i totally understand and i think we we have mentioned this a few times in the past like you know when deciding on how to take work there's various factors that kind of come in there it's like is it artistically fulfilling is it um financially you know worthwhile is it something that you feel is going to develop your career whatever mm -hmm. and it's like right if you can tick some of these boxes mm -hmm. then let's have a conversation but I think certainly if if you're if you're taking work purely because it's bringing in money and it's not bringing in anywhere near the amount exactly. that you need and you know let's let's be honest it's 2022 now it's the summer uh god it looks scary you know the rise of inflation and rent and gas and blair and food and uh, like the, the price of everything just seems to be like going through the fucking roof mm. so it's like yeah you are backing yourself and being like right you know i expect this fee if if i'm going to come and work these number of hours for this particular role yeah it's it's i really understand the decision that you've made there and i think it probably gives you a greater sense of grounding in value oh yeah i respect myself more having made the decision yeah and it's like it's my decision and i will live with that yeah yeah and it's and ultimately it has proved to be the right decision. yeah and well at the end done. of the day if it's a decision you're proud of that's that's all that really matters in this in this context exactly yeah ah, i'm changing they are beautiful they are terrible they never lie we can bind them Come Bargain with Uncanny Things is an interactive, immersive opera. 
Join a community resolving their problems through an eldritch ritual, deciding who to help and how as you master rites, make offerings, craft potent invocations, and above all, negotiate with the strange and powerful uncanny thing. Take control of an opera like no other this November. For more details, search Come Bargain with Uncanny Things. This is a call for Alex Simpson, two wigs and makeup. Once again, this is a call for Alex Simpson, two wigs and makeup. Okay, story number two. Oh my God, strap in. Um, so uh, this is my story um, from fairly recently. Um, I've been doing uh, lots of work uh, abroad. One of the big things about heading out and working abroad was uh, this idea of uh, practicum, uh, which is essentially like uh, work placement, if you will, uh, in, in like Switzerland. And um, I really wanted to go to this uh, project out in Switzerland because they uh, offered practicum and that was like um, an attachment to uh, local opera houses. And I really wanted that because I wanted the work experience to be part of a house an actual house running like a production week on week on week and you know you're getting the opportunity there as your practical to watch other singers working professional singers that are being paid to be part of the ensemble that are there day in day out doing five six operas you know within the space of two weeks I wanted to just almost watch and learn because you learn so much from seeing people that are kind of whatever two three rungs above and um yeah so you know when the programme was advertised, uh, that was a big part of it. That was a big draw for me, a big, big draw mm. about like leaving here, leaving my home, family, whatever. Um, and then when we got there, it became clear that actually like this practica was only on the basis actually of a successful audition. And um, initially I was a bit like, oh, okay, these are the confines. I'll give it my absolute best shot and see how we go from there. And basically the long story short is that like half of the kind of cohort in the studio got given roles quite quickly and then the other half of us, it was like, oh, okay, you know, you'll get another like opportunity to audition. We'll work it out. Don't mm. worry. And then slowly but surely as time passed, it was like, I, I didn't really feel anything was happening. And so I started sending emails being like, hi, when am I going to get an opportunity to audition again? And I didn't really hear much. And then, you know, a friend of mine couldn't take a role because she was doing something else. She was also a mezzo. So I wrote and I said, hi, Lucy's role appears to be free in this production. Could could I audition? I, d- I didn't expect them just to give it to me off no. the bat. Could I audition for it? Mm-hmm. Just give me an opportunity to put my hat in the ring. That's all I'm asking for. And then, you know, nothing really happened. I emailed again about it. And then it transpired that they were using a completely different edition of the opera. And so it, it, it turned into a tenor role. Oh boy. And they'd given it to a tenor. And I, and I, I, I was so upset. Mm-hmm. I really was. And then within the same breath, I heard about somebody else being kind of shoehorned in another additional kind of role. And I was just so like, what am I not doing here? That means I can't get the audition that surely I deserve, that I am asking for, that you said I would get. And so I wrote this really long email that was like, you know, I asked you about the role in Tancredi. All of a sudden it's now gone to a tenor. I've also found out that this person has been given this small Ravel role. You know, I, I came here for this practical work I don't really understand what is going on and um it took it took me a while to send that email uh but I was really glad that I did and then yeah within about two days of that I had a meeting with uh kind of the head of the program and we talked it through and you know 
a lot of that talk did feel very um, non-committal, mm-hmm. shall we say? You know, it's kind of like, oh, but it's out of my control. You know, the casting of the various opera houses. You know, we we can't really control the operas that they choose and 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 the singers that they take in the way that they plan their seasons out. And I just said, you know if you look at your website, if you look at this programme, that really looks like false advertising because you've made it look like in semester three, I get this practical experience. Yeah, right. And I'm sitting here thinking, what am I What am I getting? And I said, I was like, why would I come back if if I can't, you know, have this opportunity to to work practically, to, to put this stage experience to, to good, good use? And um, yeah, you know, a bit more time passed and... Uh, another meeting was arranged and I remember thinking like oh my goodness like maybe something's happening or maybe something's come of it and the meeting was basically like to tell me nothing had changed and I was just so um baffled by that whole I was like why would you meet with me to tell me that everything has stayed the same and I I just we had this meeting and I think actually that meeting was the hardest thing for me to do because I really wanted to state my anger and frustration but I also didn't want to upset anybody I didn't want to compromise my position there but at the same time it's like well you haven't given me anything so what do I actually have to lose and so I just said I was like you know I I I came here for this experience I came here to really learn from watching other people and you know I'm seeing my colleagues around me and I think I'm making equally if not more progress than many of the people that stand as my contemporaries and I don't think this is fair Mm -hmm. what is happening and I understand that in our industry a lot of it isn't fair however this is a place of education and should that not therefore mean the 10 of us there's only 10 of us we're all given an equal opportunity to put our hat in the ring and um yeah, I walked away from that and I came back here to the UK and yeah, maybe what, 10 days later, they'd arranged me auditions. Oh, hurrah, so, okay. That's great. Let you know how they go, lads, wow. lads and lasses. But irrespective of whether I get the roles or not, all I wanted was the opportunity to put my hat in the ring. That's mm-hmm. all I wanted. And at the very least, I'm getting the chance to present that. And I would say in in conjunction with that... Um, one of our core repetitors out there who I feel is fantastic and I really enjoy working with has been like really on my side throughout a lot of this process. And when we found out that it was going to be possible that I would get to audition again, he got in touch and was like, let's really work this program. Let's really make sure you can give the best possible audition you can, like when you get back. So get, let, like get in touch with me and we'll do some like private work. And I'm, I'm grateful for that. I'm grateful to just have somebody get in touch and be like, I see the struggle. I see how unfair it is. And you know, this is great that we have this opportunity to go again and let's make it the best it possibly can be, you know? And I felt really crap after I sent the first email complaining because I felt like I was being picked on Mm. quite a lot straight afterwards and fairly certain I was being picked on. Mm. However, at least I've stuck up for myself. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And I, and I, I, I think we're quite similar. Like, I don't think I could not live with myself, but I don't think I could say that I've been true to myself and who I am and what I believe in and what I stand for if I hadn't turned around and been like, you said I was going to get this thing and you're not even close to delivering this thing for me. And, and you know, to have had those meetings and had those discussions. And for me, it's really like expressing how important this is to me because there are people on this programme who don't even necessarily want to take it to the, to full completion and I, I, in the sense of like, 
the goal isn't to be like on the stage in a yeah. house or whatever. You know, it's like maybe I want to be like teaching uh, opera, stagecraft, etc., etc. Sure. And that's really, really super mm-hmm. cool, and I really respect that. Um, but you know, from my end, it's like I really feel this experience is such a crucial part of getting me to that next step in whatever my career looks like. And hey, maybe I'm fucking wrong. Maybe it's not meant for me. But if that's how I feel, if that's something that's brought me out there, if that's something I feel I'm missing out on, I'm going to speak up and, and say something about it. And yeah, whether I get the role or not, I'm, I'm proud of myself for having those uncomfortable conversations and sticking up for what I feel it is I deserve as a well, student on exactly. that program. And it sounds like, you know, you won't be like, it's not that, mm, 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 no. not the role. Exactly. You will no. be like... This is why I came here. Yeah. I gave up a ton of stuff in the UK exactly. to live in Switzerland, in beautiful, beautiful Switzerland. Um, <laughs> and like, you're just not giving yeah. the opportunities that you advertise. Yeah, and for that. me, it's the, the lack of fairness there where it's like, you know, these three people are, are doing four or five shows mm-hmm. or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm barely seeing one yeah, show. No. And it's like, how is that that we're going to walk out with the same degree, the same experience, the same qualification? I, I don't see how that's... How that's possible it sounds like that they are now they're like oh yeah like we need to i definitely see. feel like they're taking me a bit more seriously yes, exactly and i loathe that they didn't take me seriously in the first place i really don't get that i don't mm. understand that i don't like that mm. i'm never the favorite mm. i'm not <laughs> oh, yeah. i never know why yeah. <laughs> and and yeah talking to a colleague out there you know she was like if you don't ask you don't get yeah and if you want something, mm-hmm. you've got to ask for it. And honestly, it is making that ask that is the hardest thing to do, I think. So yeah, as we say, I'm at least a step closer to the thing that I was aiming for. And I, you know what I mean? If I could turn back, <laughs> turn back time and do it again, I'll do the same thing. Mm, good. Well, also imagine if you hadn't said anything and then the next year you'll be like, oh, I still haven't got anything. They still haven't heard me. It's like, that, that, what a waste of your time. Whereas you are now making the most of the year to come. It makes sense that you're going back now. Yeah, you know? right. And it's like, you know, I value myself and the career that I'm attempting to create, right? And it's like, why would I do this if I didn't have the opportunity to do this particular part of it? Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. yes, I've I've gained lots of really cool things from it, but but this was such a massive part of it. So let me get my foot in the door, please. Like, yeah. come on. Yeah, it's just disrespectful, really, to think I would just sit there and be like, la, la, la. Yeah, no problem. Just ignore me. Yeah, British, yeah, so. absolutely yeah. not. Like, I'll kick up more of a fuss because I'm British, you fools. Yeah. I come really will. Yeah, yeah. Okay, now back to me. Uh, <laughs> so, story number three, people. Uh, what is my story? Ah, uh, yes. So... <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> train of thought here. Yeah. Um, at music college, there was a time I was part of a show, and a lot of the people involved in my cast weren't being treated right. Uh, so it was the girls; they weren't being treated fairly at all. The conductor would regularly make comments to them, being like, "Oh, why did I bother waking up today?" Like you haven't made any effort with your, like, makeup or clothes, like, mm. why are you just wearing tracky buttons or whatever? And it's like, sorry, excuse me? What did yeah. you say? What? But, of course, no one said that. Everyone was like, ha, 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 ha. Um, and it just made a very negative feeling amongst us all. Everyone was constantly, you know, out of the rehearsal space, was talking about it and bitching about it, yeah. being like, this is ridiculous, this is so unfair, blah, 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 blah. But, of course, no one felt that they could say anything or stand up for themselves because the 
fear, essentially, that this conductor had instilled mm. in us all was that, well, I work in these places, so A, you've got to get used to this sort of behaviour from other conductors and directors, yeah. because I am part of that system, and B, you know, if if you don't impress me, then I'm not going to give you work, and I'm going to tell all my colleagues, and they'll not give you work as well. Mm -mm. Uh, so it just got to this sort of boiling point, essentially, of mm. frustration for everyone, and you know, talking to people in other year groups as well, it turned out that loads of girls had been treated in this way by this man mm. for the past couple of years, the ones that I spoke to, and it's like, well, why is it still happening? I'm very confused. Like, mm. what is going on? Why has no one said anything? Essentially, because of the fear. Mm. So it's like, come on, let's stop this. Yes. So, you know, I was lucky haha in the sense that you know um he bonded with me because i was a lad and you know similarly educated so he could talk to me like a like a human being and he respected me because of that and i was yeah. like you're disgusting Ugh. um <laughs> but therefore in a way well i wasn't uh, in the firing line i wasn't afraid therefore to just be like that's not correct what you're doing mm. so yeah i i made everyone with me go and talk to yeah. the relevant powers that be uh, in, in conservatoire. Yeah. Because it was, it was like, all we could do, really. Yes. Um, and, again, everyone was like, oh, have you spoken, have you spoken, no, I haven't spoken yet. It's like, oh, okay, well, I will go and speak first because I had nothing to lose in this situation. Yes. And then everyone else started as well, which yeah. is great. Yeah. Um, and now the problem's not there anymore. Yes, you? quite. So... You know, it was very much standing up for the boundaries of the rehearsal room and mm. like what, what, what is acceptable, really. Yeah. You know, why should you? There is no reason why anyone should be made to feel like they need to act in a certain way or dress in a certain way mm -hmm, mm -hmm. to impress like the person in charge, the mm -hmm. director or the conductor or whatever. Mm -hmm. That is absolutely ludicrous. Yeah. Especially in a conservatoire setting, like that should be a safe space. To do whatever. Yeah, I can agree more. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I was very pleased that we all did that. Yeah, yeah. I have so much respect for you for, like, uh, galvanising the troops or, like, bringing the people together or whatever. Like, I I think it's so... Um, oh, it's ridiculous. And, and you know, that the, this culture still pervades now in fucking 2022 is, is so... It's so toxic and it's so... Um, yeah, like you're saying, it's something that we'll talk about later in this uh, series, like this culture of fear. It's something yeah. that really drives so much of our behaviour, this insecurity, this, this you know, lack of knowing where we stand, knowing what our rights are, knowing what is going to, you know, keep us in a job or not, or affect our future career. It's, it's not right. And it's like, oh, what, so you can abuse me, but I can't say anything about it for the fear of not getting a job in the future. It's like, honestly, from my point of view, I don't want a job with you in the future. Well, exactly. If that means I have to be demeaned mm -hmm. and disrespected in this way so yeah I remember reading when that particular person was kind of removed and, and the various articles that came out and I was just like I'm I'm so it's good to see it it's good to see it happen it's good to see that people talking and you know sticking up for themselves and standing up for themselves does have impact and power and it, it does do something and I know it, sometimes it can feel 
intangible yes mm-hmm. you go and speak to the powers that be and then who knows like where that goes oh, yeah. which bit of the ether that kind yeah, of exactly. you know in. wafts off into but it's also a thing of kind of like a collective responsibility to all need to speak because the more people that do the safer you feel in going and having your say and having your voice because i've been in similar situations where we've seen uh terrible behaviors take place and people are too scared to speak mm-hmm. and so there's a there's dribs and drabs of you that kind of are there and it's like well this is how i feel you know and this this is wrong what's happening but you're not saying anything and now i'm not sure whether i'm just being like the bullshit person that that feels i should say something but it's like you know all of us have a gut yes and all of us have been brought up to know you know within reason what's right and what's wrong and what's respectful and what's disrespectful. Mm-hmm. And it's like, when we see something that's disrespectful, we should all really, you, you know, in an ideal world, have a collective sense of responsibility that we're all working to create a better culture. If we're all in this industry, we should all be working to create a better and healthier culture for those in it. I just can't see yeah. it being any other way. Yeah, I exactly. really can't. And also it's like, well, having... All of us having said our piece, mm-hmm. none of us have like failed in our careers because of it. Yeah, like, it's right. Ridiculous. Yeah, it's literally like, oh yeah, you really didn't have any of the power that you you said you had, and yeah. like, we've now very much like taken back the control that we all needed. Yeah, you know? for sure. And yeah. like so often, those situations are like uh, sadly in education systems mm. because it's that small kind of closed circuit where people feel they can really wield power with very little consequence. Oh yeah. Yeah, I I really empathise with that. This is a call for Helen Daniels to costuming. Once again, this is a call for Helen Daniels to costuming. And then the final story, number four from me, a very short and sweet one. It's actually a story that I mentioned super, super early on the pod, like season one, I don't know, episode one. Um, (laughs) Yeah, uh, I was working for an ensemble and um, it was an ensemble that I joined really early on and uh, I'd really been part of the ensemble's growth and artistic journey and I really liked being part of it and um, I, I liked the person that we were singing for and in this particular instance it was a contemporary piece uh, I was doing the solos uh, the alto solos it was one where like you know it was, uh, hard pitches to approximate mm-hmm. that kind of thing and basically we'd turn up to do this gig and the the rehearsal time was really tight um, it was quite a pressured uh afternoon and we'd finished one piece and the conductor wanted to go straight into this contemporary piece and for this contemporary piece um lots of people were using tuning forks but i hadn't learned the piece that way i was kind of doing it through a sense of relative pitch and because we were rehearsing it under a lot of pressure stress and kind of time constraints uh he was jumping around a lot and basically it was like um he wanted to go in at a certain part in the place and I was a bit like gosh I really have no idea what this sounds like in my head and um everybody's kind of got their tuning forks because that's how they've been prepping it and I haven't because I'm not using a tuning fork so I was like okay hopefully like you'll hear the chord you'll get into it and so like we start rehearsing it I've come in on completely the wrong note and he's looking at me like you know I've shot somebody and I remember how is that conducive to helping me find the fucking right note and I I looked at him and I was like oh my god and so he stopped and I and he looked at me and I was like I'm sorry just trying to find my bearings here let's go again I'll get it right and um we went again and I was so stressed I got it wrong again and he just looked at me and he was just like Helen focus and I was like excuse me look at me I'm so freaking (laughs) focused I'm focused all the fucking time like 
I just can't hear it right now. Like, help me find it yes, exactly. rather than bullying me because you're stressed. And basically, the long story short was he said something else later. I actually really can't remember what it was now. It's so long ago. It's probably like back in the recesses oh, of my mind. I am, uh, he said something else to me and I just was like, I will not be spoken to like this in mm-hmm. front of my colleagues. Because it's embarrassing. Mm. It's, it's embarrassing. It's demeaning. It's belittling. It's horrible. And yeah, the, the whole day was such a vile experience. And I, I did the concert and my dad came. And afterwards he was like, oh, it was great. And I just said, I was like, it was horrible. And I hated every minute of it. Yes. And um, I came home and for the next like 24 to 48 hours, I was really shaken up because I felt so bullied yes, in a public in a public yeah. setting. And I was like, what am I going to do about it? And my, my partner at the time, because I'm there and I'm like, oh, I need the money, mm. I need the work. My partner was like, look at you, like, why would you want to go through this again? Like, why do you need to accept being treated in this way? Like, again, so I wrote to the conductor and I just said, I was like, um, I'm really sorry, like, I won't be taking, like, the next patch of work. Take me off it, please. Moving on. Okay. And then, like, in the future, you asked me again two, three times and I, I, I didn't make a big scene. But I, I, I just said, like, I'm really sorry, I'm not available. But right after the patch of work, I sent an email and I was like... The way you spoke to me and some of my colleagues over the process of that period was just completely unacceptable. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I'd, I'd set out a few things in this email and he kind of came back and was like, oh, I'm sorry that you feel that way. Do you want to meet uh, and you can tell me more? Something like, do you want to meet in person and you can tell me more about how you feel? And I was like, no, yeah. I've, I've I've just written it all down. <laughs> like, I, I'm kind of expecting you to respond to yeah, it now because yeah, yeah. I, I, I've set out quite clearly yeah, the things really I thought it. were unacceptable. And that was it, really. And honestly, I don't regret it for a second. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I see that group and good for them. They're doing well. And the singers in it are uh, great and blah, 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 blah. But like, I don't need that in my life. But, and, and again, something that we were briefly talking about before we recorded this episode is... I feel we often bend over backwards in this industry, but for so little, mm. you know, it's like the, the work is not exceptionally well paid. And there are so many groups and companies out there doing these things that we want to do. It's like, okay, so I, I left this particular ensemble. There are thousands so of other ensembles that I could go and audition for if I wanted to. And I'm not um, compromising my principles in turning to them and saying, you've just treated me like a sack of shit there. Yeah. All the best. Yeah, right. I'm going somewhere else and doing something else. I, I, yeah, I really can't get over like the what people will put up with. And, you know, maybe people are stronger than, than I am. And they're like, oh, I just have a filter. And yeah, it just goes yeah. in one ear and out they the other. Chosen, and it's just yes. my job. And blah, blah, blah. But certainly, if you saw it on the street, and if you saw somebody talking to somebody else on the street like that, you'd be like, wow, that's pretty that's abusive. Awful. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, right. why would I want to deal with that in the workplace? Especially in a workplace where there's no HR or there's nobody we can turn to to be like, oh, that oh, wasn't okay. okay. Yeah, of course. No, I mean, that's amazing. Right. Thank you. I'm a hero. Well done. National treasure. (laughs) You've massively, yeah, stood up for your boundaries there. Yeah. And said, no, 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 I do need this. Yeah. I can get other work. Thanks very much. And in a way, I think, like, yeah, it gave me a lot of, like, confidence in self, but also, you know, if it were to happen to me again, like, if somebody would talk to me like that again, I'd do the same again. Mm -hmm. I'd be like, what is this? Like, why does this keep happening? And it has, in a way, informed the choices I've made further down the line. Yes, I was going to say. Yeah, yeah. Well, in the sense of, you know, you hear about some groups, ensembles, whatever, certain horror stories about how people are treated, how artists are treated. 
And I, I really don't think I can do that. Yeah. And I don't want to do that. Well, so I won't be partaking. I feel like both of us, I think we're thinking about the same ensemble. I know we are. Um, and we've both been approached by various members of that ensemble being like, you guys should audition, bye. It's like, mm-hmm. no, why would I audition for that ensemble? Uh, you all hate it. I don't want to be like that. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, in a way, I ch- I'm choosing based on a level of respect. Yeah. And, and don't get me wrong. Incredible ensemble, exceptional music. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Just for me, it's not something I'm willing to kind of uh, deal with. I just can't. I don't have the strength for it at all. What we're trying to offer you guys here in this short episode uh, is just four instances in which we have attempted to stand up for ourselves. Now, you know, everybody's boundaries and everybody's lines of what they do and do not want to do are different. So we're not sitting here saying, you know, this is the Bible by which you should live by. No. But if there are situations in which you feel like your principles are being compromised or you feel like the situation is wrong, you know, I hope this episode gives you maybe a sense of community, a sense of confidence, whatever, that we should speak up. Because, you know, I I think, again, something we're passionate about here on the pod is making our industry better for everybody to work Mm -hmm, in. mm -hmm. And that means when shit happens, that is bad. We call it out, we say... And we try and repair things and, and make it better going forward. And I think that that's, in my mind, something that we all have a collective responsibility to do as artists in this community. All cast, all cast, this is your five-minute call. Repeat, all cast, all cast, this is your five-minute call. Well, thanks so much for listening, guys. As always, we'd love to hear from you. So please get in touch with your thoughts, comments and ideas on what you've heard. How can people get in touch with us, Alex? I think maybe an email is nice. Uh, our email address is where's my freaking dressing room at gmail.com. Of course, we also have our beautiful website. The address is www.wheresmyfreakingdressingroom.com. We're also on social media. You can catch us on Instagram at dressingroompod facebook forward slash dressing room pod or twitter at dressing room po1 don't forget to like and subscribe and give us a beautiful five-star review join us next week where we discuss why being a singer is much harder than it looks bye, bye.